Hello, my name is Sam Smith, and this is Map of the Maze podcast from Pep Talks, in which I'll be exploring a business theme related specifically to private equity banks and entrepreneurial companies. So, Peter Liney, welcome. Um, thank you for joining us here in Leeds. We're talking before our Pep Talk dinner, our first in Leeds in 2019. And before doing so, we thought it'd be a good idea to have a, have a quick chat with you and just get some of your experiences into the podcast. Our podcast is called Map of the Maze. I'll do a little introduction. Right. Um, Peter, you're, you're the CEO of Great Rail Journeys, pointed as the business went through a secondary buyout with ECI. Over the last six years, you've taken the business through really strong organic growth here in the UK and European markets. And last year, you uh, last summer or last autumn, you took the business through a tertiary buyout, delivering a fabulous return for ECI, a 3.6, 3.6. Fantastic. So why, why don't we kick off? Why don't you tell us why you wanted a role as CEO in, in private equity? Because you hadn't done it before, had you, before this one? No, no. Like a lot of things, it was totally accidental. So I had been in the travel industry for 25 plus years. I had... Uh, cut my teeth in British Airways in various commercial roles there. I'd then gone on to run uh, two big travel companies, one focused on Australia uh, and the other the largest global student travel business in the world. And uh, that was privately owned. It was owned by a Swiss family. And I managed to pick a fight with the wrong person, uh, so the billionaire owner. And, and uh, for the first time <laughs> in my career, <laughs> yeah, I lost that surprisingly. Uh, for the first time in my career, uh, you know, sometime around about October 2012, found myself without a job. Um, and um, so first time ever. First time ever. And you can wrap it up however you like. But actually, I was sacked. Um, <laughs> and, and I found that very interesting. Yeah. Um, firstly, because you really discover who are your friends and who know you because of what you do. And secondly, very quickly, I just told people I'd been sacked because it was so much easier to deal with why was I doing what I was doing. And actually, having been sacked, they reappointed me as a consultant. So I was sort of working as well. It was really bizarre. Really weird. Along the way, I went out. I uh, met a lot of people. And I met ECI in that journey. And I didn't know that they were deep into the process of acquiring Great Rail Journeys at that time. Once they acquired it, I got put into uh, the CEO search because very unusually, Great Rail Journeys had been running for two plus years without a CEO. Therefore, the first task their chairman had was find me a CEO. Mm. And so I went through that process and emerged as the the candidate. Mm. Um, So I turned up. Uh, and had my first experience really of private equity. Did you know what you're getting into working with? I'd, I'd talked to a lot of people by then. I had taken a lot of advice. I'd also met a few PE guys and I had really understood, I think, that there were some people you want to work with and you fit and there were some people that actually you run a mile from. Mm-hmm. And they had a very, very good reputation um, and I banked on that to an extent, but I'd never experienced PE in its full force. However, what I would say is I'd experienced latterly uh, seven or eight years of uh, a Swiss family business, Mm. and it was a doddle because it was rational, it was numbers driven, the politics were minimal. So so I just loved it because I went from one to the other, and for me, um, 
I just love the rationality about it and the perspective and the science mm. and the fact they really didn't want to run the business. Mm. So it was for me, it was a very positive move, mm. but um, it was certainly very different from what I... You know, Did you have to make some early adjustments to how you operated? Uh, well, as part of the process, you, you go through, we went through various tests, ECI and I did, and there was um, part of it, they employed someone to do the psychological profiling of you, mm. and that person was brilliant because she sat me down at the end and she said, can I just tell you, if you don't change this, you are going to have a problem with these guys. So, you know, a ton about travel, you make decisions, what was that? You've got to tell us what that well, was. That, that, it, was, it, was only, it was how you made decisions or how you present how you make decisions. So the way I made decisions, after 25 years, you've just got this vast fund of information. You've seen so much. So you see something and you go, dig, 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 look, this is, this is where we need to go with here. Mm. And she said, you can't do that with these guys. You are going to have to take them through process. You're going to have to give them a story. You're going to have to do it steps at a time. And you can get to your end point but you just can't get there straight away. And they'll back you then, but mm -hmm. they'll really struggle if they just think it's on the fly. And that was an incredibly valuable piece of advice, and I followed it to the letter. So very much from day one, when we were faced with, it only ever comes up when you've got problems, and who cares when everything's going well. Mm. Uh, I took them through a very methodical story. And so they felt that this had really been thought through it was structured, there was analysis behind it. And really, in reality, often that was retrospective, but they were seeing it that way. And it was therefore ticking their box of how decisions should be made. Mm. And it was great advice. Mm. Yeah, so we, we've got tonight about 12 CEOs coming for dinner and probably eight of them are first time into private equity. They're very fresh, you know, probably first 12 months under PE ownership. What, what sort of advice would you, would you give to these guys? You will be giving to I these guys. I will be giving to these guys. <laughs> I will say to them, whatever you do, be authentic. So whatever you are as a character, be that. It's very unlikely they have not understood that when they worked with you because they spend a lot of time getting themselves comfortable with the CEO. Mm. I think within that authenticity, absolutely understand what they require of you. And, and primarily, I think, accurate reporting and transparency don't hide things. If you've got bad news, don't kick it down the road. Just don't tell them. Let them manage their investors and their own organizational issues. And so I would, however bad it is, tell them. And tell them quickly. And tell them what you're going to do about it. Don't just go be a victim. What are you going to do about it? Mm. And I think if you do that and you've got clarity of where you're going, you're going to have some bumps in the road. Hopefully they're not too bad. And, and for me, bad is whenever you go near covenants, that is bad. Everything else is copable with. Have you got anywhere near covenants? No, never. But uh, apparently GRJ did in the past, and they were, they were all pretty scarred by that experience. Yeah. So as long as you don't get near, go near covenants, you've got control of the cash, you're on top of the numbers. Um, you will have pressure if your numbers aren't what you said they were. My experience is as long as you've, A, got a very convincing set of reasons why you can evidence that and most importantly you have a proactive plan of action about what you're going to do with it yeah then you will be given a very good hearing yeah you're in it together ultimately, you are aren't you? i mean it's it's 
the alignment I think is is pretty profound and and right up to exit yeah when the alignment any, any them and us is a bit of a disaster isn't it you need you need to be together you need to be together I think you really ideally want mutual respect in there yeah I think you need a really good chairman uh, I've been fortunate twice there the chairman does play a significant role mm. but you want a chairman who is neither your side nor their side you want a chairman who sits in the middle yeah and who is able to offer up advice and offer up management of difficult situations and he or she must be trusted by both parties mm. just must be it's really important do you th- do you think there's um something in a, having a chairman that th- they're not interested in the badge of being your chairman they're doing it because they're they're genuine and interested in the business and yeah i think i think i would be wary of serial chairmans um so i've got uh in my first chairman he had only one other chairmanship it was really important to him he was from york as well and business wise was from york mm. so he was very invested in the business uh, the chairman i've got now has got some strong reasons why he chose to be chairman of great rail journeys i mean notionally the guy it's charles garassa he is doesn't you know it, it doesn't need it he's deputy chairman of easyjet mm. chairman of channel four he hardly needs a mid-market private equity deal in travel but he has strong links to york he he and I worked together many years ago in British Airways. He loves the sector still. Uh, so he has strong reasons to, to be there. And he definitely, what you see with him is he, because he doesn't need it, um, everyone is aware of that. And the advice is pretty strong and clear from him. Yeah. And he has just got that depth of experience that, that's really important. Yeah, having a real heavyweight like that with lots of experience behind them, so they're not doing PE necessarily for the first time, they're not doing it because of the kudos of private equity chairmanships, is uh, it's just sort of golden really, isn't it? Because um, if you're all aligned and things don't go too well and don't go to plan, then he's likely to be in your corner. You know, the PE guys can't really, they can't really do got anything. anywhere to go, have well, they? they? I got mean, no, reputationally, it's uh, too, too, too difficult. Yeah, it's too difficult for them. And I think, you know, in our sector, there are a number of, quotes well-known chairmen who get banded around. But you, you sort of think you're just on a roller coaster with them. Whereas I like the fact that, you know, we are the only PE businesses doing it at the moment. Yeah. And, I mean, he has a, a huge breadth of knowledge about travel. Uh, and... He brings that to bear. And he has also, he's been chairman of a number of businesses, is chairman of a number of businesses. So he's not trying to be CEO. Mm. He really isn't. He, he's trying to be chairman and he really seems to know how to get that balance right. Yeah. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago when we had a coffee. Um, that you've launched into the US, haven't you? We ha- well, we've launched more than it. We've gone international. And actually, our you've always been quite international. Though, well, you? international as in source market rather than destination. So we've always taken people around the world. Yeah. But we, if you go back three or four years, we had hardly anyone other than British people buying our holidays. So actually, our first move uh, internationally was into Australia. We're a partnership, and that has proved to be very, very successful. And we've gone from nothing; it would be about twenty million Aussie dollars this year. And they are wonderful customers. We've got a great partner. And they're coming to Europe? They're coming to Japan, India, Scotland, Switzerland. And they're joining tours with the the British customers. And they're getting on like a house on fire. And 
that particular model was a partnership model. So we worked with a very, very well-established company, APT, who are well-known in the travel space in Australia, have the links into distribution which you need there. Um, and almost from day one, it's been a, a, a huge success for them and continues to be. Yeah. So that, that was our first foray into international. But the big prize is America. And actually under ECI's ownership, that was identified, but they were never really willing to take the big step and one of the reasons that um, Duke Street, who now owned the business, one of the reasons we were keen as management for them to get it uh, was they had direct experience of building a travel company in America, mm. uh, a UK company and building it in America. And since they've got involved, it's just become Turbo Boost. And we have a fantastic leader of that business. We are established. We're actually moving. We are in New York. We're going to be in Boston. Uh, and we've appointed people and we're growing the business and we're going to go from almost naught to five million dollars this year and we we want to do 50 million dollars in five well, years why time. Is it go, what's what's the key for it going so quick i mean that's it's like a fire storm isn't it well i think i think the real key is we are unusually and we have an exclusive product so we literally are the only company in the world offering escorted rail there's holidays. no one in the states doing what you're doing there's no one really doing it there's a company that does it but within north america only doesn't do it across the world right so if you buy into wanting to do a rail journey and the americans we've done a lot of research on this now they love the idea there's a real romantic idea so by putting that product in front of them, and we've largely gone direct in America, we've got immediate uptake. And the issue is, how can we scale that over time? How, how carefully did you plan to go to the US? Did you sort of take the approach of, let's put our best people on the biggest challenge, or did you go and find people in the, in the US to rebuild your business? Big learning lesson. So ECI, it was done as a part of what people did from the UK. Duke Street, find yourself a phenomenal leader who's in America, probably American, who will take this forward. And we did that. Mm -hmm. And we've got a fantastic lady who's running the business. And that is the absolute key thing that we've done. Mm -hmm. We've really invested in a great leader of that business who will grow it for us. Was it difficult to find her? Um, it was difficult to find a headhunter who did that sort of thing in America. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were lucky to, to find one. They did a great job for us and they provided a shortlist of six of which probably two or three we could have taken but the one we took was fantastic and you know no regrets at all yeah and and that that person's just so important because at the end of the day you're not over there they are she gets america she gets the american consumer she understands the media landscape has a contact network and you get you buy all of that mm. and uh, making that step Paying the money to get someone really good was really important, isn't it? Getting the right people on the bus, yeah. Yeah, you've got to get the right people, right leadership. And, and for me, I think, and I've talked to a number of people around this, I wanted to have an American, actually, but I needed an American who had worked internationally and got what it might be like to work with a bunch of Brits. Uh, but I did want an American doing it because I thought they would understand the consumer, really understand the consumer and the consumer background. Mm -hmm. And also have the direct experience of the channels, which putting transplanting a Brit there would have just been a, a learning exercise. Yeah. And so we, we absolutely avoided that. And, and it's going brilliantly. That's the future, isn't it? 
Well, that's been great, um, Peter. It, it's uh, 25 past six. Our guests are arriving. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, you've got a drink to drink. I've got a drink to drink uh, as well. Uh, thank you for that. It was really, really great. And uh, we look forward to a lively discussion. You can download our podcast series from all the usual podcast places. Or do go and subscribe to the show. We'll be back with another interview next month. But for now, goodbye and thank you for listening.